0: Section fourteen of Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Hawaii in May two thousand twenty one. Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer by Henry Dawson. Section fourteen The Good Luck of Being Obstinate. I think people generally look upon railroad men as a distinct species of the genus Homo. They seem to regard them as a class who have the most utter disregard for human life, as perfectly careless of trusts imposed upon them, and as being capable of distinctly understanding rules the most obscure and circumstances the most complicated. They seem to think a railroad man is bound to make time any way in the face of every difficulty and to hold him absolutely criminal if he meets with any accident or fails to see his way safe out of any trouble into which their urging may force him my impression is that they are wrong that railroad men have but human courage but human foresight and should be spared the most of the indiscriminate censure heaped upon them when an accident happens if one were to judge from the words of the press and the finding of coroner's juries he would infer that a pure accident one unavoidable by human foresight was a thing unknown but if he will only think for a moment of all the circumstances consider the enormous velocity at which trains move the tremendous strain thus thrown upon every portion of the roadbed and the machinery i think the wonder will be why there are not more accidents. Think for a moment of one or two hundred tons weight impelled through the air at a velocity of from one hundred to two hundred and forty feet per second and tell me if you do not consider that the chances for damage are pretty numerous. i remember once being detained at a way station with the up express Waiting for the down express to pass me. We were both, owing to snow and ice on the rails, sadly behind time, and I had concluded just to wait where I was until we heard from the other train, though a liberal construction of the rules gave me the right to proceed with due caution. But I was afraid that if anything did happen, there would be two opinions as to what due caution meant so i held still the passengers were all uneasy as they always are and stormed and fretted up and down now coming to me and demanding in just about such tones as we would imagine a newly caught she-bear to use whether we intended to keep them there all night whether i supposed the travelling public would tamely submit to such outrages if i thought they had no rights in the premises etc these and similar questions were put to me some peevishly some in a lordly manner evidently with the intention of bullying me into a start i generally maintained the dirty but independent dignity of my position of runner of that kettle but these latter sir oracles i told that i was too well used to dealing with fire water steam and rock to be scared by a little wind after a while there came a telegraphic dispatch unsigned undated but saying come ahead this raised a terrible hillabaloo the passengers crowded into the cars and looked for an immediate start The conductor came to me and said that he thought we had better start. I told him, no, that I infinitely preferred to run on good solid rails rather than telegraph wires at all times, and more especially when the wires brought such lame orders as these. Very well, says he, I don't know but you are right, but I shall leave you to console these passengers. I'm off to hide. And away he went pretty soon out they came by twos threes dozens and scores and i declare they needed consolation for a madder set i never saw pshaw talk about hornets and bob-tailed bulls in fly-time they ain't a circumstance to a passenger on a railroad train which is an hour behind time well they blustered and stormed shook their fists at me and about twenty took down my name with the murderous intent of REPORTING me at headquarters and SEEING about this thing generally. At last some individual, bursting with wrath, called for an indignation-meeting. The call was answered with alacrity. I attended as a disinterested spectator, of course. A president and secretary were appointed several speeches were made overflowing with eloquence and all aimed at me but carrying a few shots for everybody on the train even to the boy that sold papers this much had been done and the committee on resolutions which should be utterly annihilating had just retired when a whistle was heard up the track and down came an extra engine running as fast as she could carrying no light but bringing news that the down train was off the track eleven miles above and bringing a requisition for all the doctors in town to care for the wounded who were numerous the resolution committee adjourned sine die i was never reported for they all saw that had i done as they wished me to i would have met this extra engine and rendered a few more doctors necessary for my own train the blunder of the telegraph was never explained, but blunder it was, and the more firm was I, never to obey a telegraphic despatch without it was clear and distinct, signed, sealed and delivered. End of section 14.